Welcome to Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. It's another edition of the Just Thinking broadcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I am Daryl Harrison. What you know, Omaha? How's it going out there, man? It's going, man. We're trying to make it happen, man. It's it's actually, you know, I mean, we've gotten through, you know, we're almost halfway through August, man. And it, for the most part, has been rather mild weather-wise. And, uh, man, it's it's been nice, man. I'm I'm ready for fall. I'm ready for that kind of time frame as folks are getting, you know, back into school, uh, back, you know, kind of dialed into things here. So, man, it's it's been really really nice. I can't complain about a thing. How about you, man? How's it going in the big A? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the fall as well. It's still temperature-wise, low 90s, mid-90s still here. Uh, but that's the big spec that, you know, August in Atlanta, you got the heat, you got the humidity. But we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, man. Fall is my favorite time of the year, absolutely, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm reminded of you when you're talking about the seasons changing, especially going into fall. I'm reminded of a daydream I used to have quite often as a little boy, you know, growing up in the housing projects in the inner city, you know, there was no grass, you know, there was just concrete, asphalt, brick, uh, you know, but I used to have this daydream that one day I would live in a house with trees mm-hmm. where I could watch the leaves fall in my yard mm, nice. one day. Yeah. That, that was, that was the daydream that I had to one day, live in my own house where there were trees and there were one fall or as the seasons changes in the fall, I could just see leaves covering my yard. And uh, by God's grace, I have that today, man. So I don't take, I don't take fall for granted. I look forward to it every year. Mm-hmm. And man, we're only a, a few weeks away. Hey, speaking of a few weeks away, college football is about to I, kick I was, off. Listen, listen, I was wondering if you were going to mention it, man, because that's the that's the next thing I think about, man. As soon as that fall kicks, I'm like, man, we're getting ready to do it, man. Getting ready to College do it. Football's about to kick off. My yeah. Falcons are already training camps about halfway done. Yeah. Uh, that's going well. No injuries so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about to go down, man. Football season's about to kick off. That's absolutely my favorite sport. Absolutely. And just quickly, I would rank uh, college football one, NFL one A. How about you, Verge? I'm 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 college football is one, and then it, NFL would have to be two for me, only because man, I grew up in a state where all we had was college football, right? Right. And then, you know, and then NFL was just kind of you know kind of a, a, at least a state away. Uh, yeah. grew, grew up in Oklahoma, another yeah. old state, right? Oklahoma, yeah. Omaha. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. so a little ways away, but uh, you know we had to go to Dallas for for and even here in Nebraska. Uh, where I am uh, here in Omaha, we, you know, most everybody is either Packers or Denver or Kansas, yeah. Kansas City Chiefs or, you know, yeah. at least the state away. So, you know, we, we all kind of looking at that. But, uh, man, I, I look forward to it every year. And, you know, here in the, here in the Cornhusker State, I, I kind of stick out being a being a big Sooner fan. And so, yeah. uh, which I love, you know, I love being, being you know, just kind of the antithesis of everything. Being the so, enemy, the villain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like well, that. The the Super Bowl is in Atlanta this year, right? And, uh, you know, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, so hey, if you can't uh, get tickets to the game, ha ha ha! <laughs> like who who can 
<laughs> what, what average Joe, what average fan can get tickets to the Super Bowl? Right. Uh, it's such a corporate uh, event now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if you're on this side of the coast, man, if you're anywhere near the East Coast, stop through, man, because there'll be a lot of festivities going on. A lot of people here. It's probably going to be, uh, well, we've, we've hosted Super Bowls before, but probably be the biggest event since we did the uh, Olympics, man. So a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Well, man, this last this last episode that we did, man, on on Christian socialism was a really nice hit, man. A lot of lot of feedback uh, on it. A lot of folks that downloaded it and checked it out, man. On my end, man, it was just a lot of a lot of great kind of conversations around it. Kind of, well, I think the the, the initial response was that both Christian and socialism are kind of oxymoronic, right? Because those two things shouldn't be kind of in the same, held in the same context. But I think as you unpacked it for us the last time and kind of framed it up, uh, it, it was, it was, it gave us a clear understanding of kind of some of its origins, where it came from, uh, where it started, uh, and gave people a framework for understanding how, how it gets into the Christian lexicon, how we begin to adopt some of the ideological positions that are actually from a, from a, 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 a not a biblical worldview, but from a secular worldview that begin to creep into Christendom. And so, man, I, I just want to encourage folks, if they haven't checked out, man, episode uh, number 40, uh, that they actually go back and take a listen, man. How, how how was the feedback on your end, man? Yeah, the feedback's been great. Matter of fact, uh, Twitter was popping a little bit today with some comments that uh, some, I won't say noted, but I think if I were to mention the names, you would definitely identify them within the social justice warrior camp uh who are again you know propagating and promoting a message of reparations and restitution and not just uh at the individual white evangelical level but now they're advocating it advocating it rather from government bodies government entities are now obligated to uh monetarily compensate uh black Americans for, uh, you know, America's, uh, history of racism. So now it's sort of graduated upward and outward. So now the issue is not just within the evangelical church. Now it's gone secular. Mm. Now you have the church, you have some within the evangelical church, those who are within the social justice camp now advocating governments get involved. I mean, this is nothing new, of course. I mean, uh, there have been those within the liberation theology world uh, who have been advocating for this for decades. Mm-hmm. So this isn't something that was just a new iteration, just a new right. generation. Right. This just sort of uh, propagating a, 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 a decades old uh, mantra uh, that would have one believe that uh, monetary reparations would uh, make up for or ameliorate uh, hundreds of years of uh, discrimination and abuse uh, based on one's ethnicity, which, which to me is uh, absurd and disgusting to be honest with you, because what you're doing is you're purporting to be able to put a dollar value on a human life. Right. Right. you're, you're, You're purporting to be able to put a dollar value on a legacy. Mm-hmm. on a um uh on suffering mm-hmm. um it, it's kind of like uh it's no different than the abortion industry does uh where you have uh 
Planned, pa- Planned Parenthood clinics and those who work for Planned Parenthood putting dollar values on body parts, right? Uh, infant body parts. Mm-hmm. So to the extent that uh, social justice advocates are promoting a message of reparations as if you could put a dollar value on uh, something as uh, historically and uh, you know, sinful and mm-hmm. uh, uh, just decimating to uh, various generations, several generations of one particular ethnic group. Right. I mean, it's absurd. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't know how the reparationists can argue that that's a, um, a, a, a value. Um, yeah. A value, any value, any that, that it could ascribe any value in any, any way. Uh, to, to a person's life, to, yeah. to, 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 to put a proper value on, on a life. It, just, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And, and what, what formula do you use to calculate that dollar value? Right, right. What formula would you use? So all that to say that that's some of the, uh, you know, discourse that I'm seeing on social media as a result of folks who've listened to episode 40 mm-hmm. on Christian socialism and uh but today man we're recording episode 41 yes and here we go again <laughs> absolutely here we what go did, again. Uh, no doubt about it absolutely. what did uh what did uh what did that uh noted uh new york yankee baseball player yogi Berra say he said it's deja vu all over again all over again it's like it's like it never it never ends i mean it just kind of goes Around and around and around. There's nothing new under the sun, is there? Indeed, there is. So in this episode, episode 41, so I, I pinged you a couple articles last week, mm-hmm. Omaha. We had our pick. We had our choice of which one to tee up. Um, you couldn't really lose going either way. But uh, the one I decided to go with was an article that I came across on um, a website called Religion and Politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not familiar with this site. This is the first time I've come across this website, mm-hmm. but it's religionandpolitics.org. The word and is spelled out is religionandpolitics.org. This is an article entitled A Kind of Homelessness, Evangelicals of Color in the Trump Era. Mm-hmm. A Kind of Homelessness, Evangelicals of Color in the Trump Era. The byline is Melanie McAllister, and it's dated August 7, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the theme or the tone of this article is nothing new to us, Omaha. I mean, we've, we've done an episode, several, several ep- episodes back, mm-hmm. uh, where, again, it was a, 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 a woman of color who was a professing Christian right. who kind of felt out of place, but for a different reason. Than what we're going to talk about in this episode, right, right, little, little, little different angle, but but same, same kind of core issues that were kind of at bear, and uh, it was just kind of interesting as you begin to unpack uh, the, the article as as I was kind of reading through it, uh, just just kind of teeing it up. I mean, even some of the entry, some some of the very beginning opening statements as they began to couch their ideas, you know, you began to see the whole. The, the, before they before they even told you what the ideas were, they had to mm-hmm. establish the intersectionality of, right. 
of, of who they were and right. their background and, 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 you know, how many victim classes they were a part right. of yeah. before they ever told you what their opinion was so that their opinion could be validated by, you know, how, you know, the number of victim classes they were a part of. And it, it just, I mean, I was just jaw dropped by that. Yeah, your your commentary is tracking right along with mine because <laughs> one of the first thoughts that came to mind was that as I was as I began reading the article, I just thought to myself, like, wow, it didn't take long to discern right. thematically where this article was going. Right, right, right. I right. mean, in the very first paragraph, right, right. you've got Ms. Nikki Toyama Zetso. Zetto. Right. right. Nikki Toyama Zetto, who is in the um, article has been involved with quote evangelical organizations like International Justice Mission and Intervarsity, uh, and she's the executive director of Evangelicals for Social Action. She's described in the article as a well-known speaker and activist in evangelical circles. Now, this article is the first I've ever heard of this woman, but. That's just me. I'm just Daryl Harrison, a, a nobody. So that I don't that I don't know her of her doesn't say anything. Right. But here we have early in the very first paragraph, I highlighted this sentence, and I pretty much stopped right here because I knew where the rest yeah. of this was going. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says her faith. The article says that her faith had been central to affirming her own racial and gender identities. Hmm. I, and I, can you explain that to me? I can't. I can't help you. Okay, help me out, brother. I, 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 I had but, a, we interestingly enough, we actually highlighted the exact same sentence, but I'm sure for different reasons because that didn't. I, I was at a. I'm like, what does that even mean? Right. So there you have the. There's the intersectionality verbiage. There's the social justice verbiage. The social justice vernacular that sort of encode unless you're sort of part of that clique, you're part of that inner circle, you're part of the social justice elite. And there is, an, there is a social justice elite out there, by the way. You and I are not part of that clique. Right, that, that's obvious, Just yeah. to make that clear. Right, right, but, right. But, but not long after that sentence that reads, her faith has been central to affirming her own racial and gender identities. She says, I actually discovered my identity as an Asian American woman in the context of my faith. Now, that's another head turner right there, that statement right there, because now I knew, I guess I would say aesthetically, what my sex was and what my ethnicity was before I even came to faith in Christ. Right. She says she discovered her identity as an Asian American woman in the context of my faith. Now, I don't know what that means either. I wish I had like a bell to ring every time we read something in this article where I didn't know what, what they're saying. <laughs> I would just go ding, ding. Right. Because I really don't know. And I, I'm, I'm starting to think that they use these terms and words on purpose just to kind of make you think they're saying something important. Right. When they're really not, because I'm, I'm Daryl, I'm telling you, if you ever, brother, I mean, I know you've, I know you've done this. If you ever listen to one of these, these guys or, or, or ladies who 
who hold one of these offices or who have one of these titles that you know evangelicals for social action or the inner varsity the international justice mission or an inner varsity they hold one of these titles what you'll end up finding is when you allow them an opportunity to talk they're using a lot of words a lot of words mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're actually saying absolutely nothing. nothing 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 it's like they have a saying in texas all hat no cattle right, <laughs> right. you got a you got right. a five million dollar title bill a 50 dollar budget right you know and that's exactly what's happening here they say i mean this is i printed a hard copy of this article man and it's like 12 pages wow 12 pages of saying what i mean i don't know but the bottom line here is I can take what she's saying with regard to her face being central to affirming her own racial and gender identity and then discovering her identity as an Asian American woman in the context of her faith. I can wrap that up in one verse. Okay. I can encapsulate all of that in one verse and that's Acts 17, 26. Mm -hmm. Acts 17, 26 verse. What we read here, and it says, and he, that is God, made from one man every ethnicity, every nation, the Greek word there is ethnos, every ethnicity of mankind to live on all the face of the earth. There's your identity right there from the standpoint of your physical existence. Right. Right there in one verse, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all of the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation. Now that's something that you didn't need to discover. She says she discovered that she discovered how her identity as an Asian American woman in the context of her faith. When, if she's identifying or confessing to be professing to be an evangelical Christian, all she had to do was open her Bible up and read it. Right. And then, you know, it would have clicked, hopefully, <laughs> where her sex, where her ethnicity comes from. Right. There it is in one word, uh, one verse. We, we really don't need 12 pages of text to talk about this. But what we're dealing with here in this episode is episode 41. We're going to title this episode identity crisis. Mm. We're titling this one identity crisis because there's an identity crisis. There absolutely is an identity crisis in the evangelical church today. Mm. But ironically, the crisis is identity. The crisis is identity. Mm. No listener. I'm not double speaking. I'm not double speaking. There's an identity crisis in the church, in the evangelical church in America, and that crisis is identity. And what I mean by that is that there are more and more increasing numbers of people who, are, who profess to be Christian who, who have this paradigm of Christianity that is such that, that they, they, they think Christianity is where you go to find yourself. Mm -hmm. not realizing that no Christianity is where you go to die to yourself. <laughs> right. 
Christianity is where you go to die to yourself. Right. So everything that you are or were, the cross is where you go to die. Mm-hmm. And me personally, I'm getting fed up with these sort of cliquish, elitist, woke Christians mm-hmm. using these buzzwords like affirm and identity and discover and all that when you had nothing to do with any of those attributes that you're boasting in. Right. You had zero to do with that. And where I want to part a little bit scripturally virgin talking about this is Colossians chapter three. That's kind of where I want to go and park for a minute. Let's do it. And talking about this this matter of identity crisis. Now these, we're talking about Christians now who are leveraging the gospel in such a way that they're is what they're doing is exalting themselves and building themselves up as someone to be noticed, as someone to be admired, as someone to be recognized, and uh as someone to be, you know, dealt with even uh, to the extent that, I mean, how does your faith, I'm just trying to, again, I'm just trying to understand if you guys could see me, I got a like really puzzled look (laughs) on my face right now, because I'm trying to understand when she says, I actually discovered my identity as an Asian American woman in the context of my faith. How, what does that mean? How does your how does Christianity, how does Orthodox Christianity help you discuss? Well, first of all, I need to know what she means by identity. What 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 do you even mean by that? You see, as we do these episodes, Verge, I know we we exegete, we exposit this, the scripture. Right. But see, it's just not the scripture that needs to be exegeted and exposited. Right. You see, when you come across article like gotta, articles like this yeah, one, you, you've got to exposit their words, man. You've got to you, you got to what exactly. They're you better know how to exposit the scriptures so you can exposit this gibberish. <laughs> I discovered my identity. What does that mean? Mm-mm. She says further at towards the end of that paragraph. She says, um. It was it was in the context of my faith that I found out, oh, God created my gender and my ethnicity to be a gift for me. Um, actually, no, that's not why he that's not that's wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> no, that's not why he created you uh, with the ethnicity and gender that you have so that you could glorify yourself. Right. Come on. No. Man. Come on, let's, man. Not, let's go back to Acts chapter seven. See, listen, listeners, this is not rocket science. You open the word of God and bam, mm-hmm. voila, there it is. Let's go back to Acts chapter 17 again. Let me explain to Ms. Uh, Toyama Zeto. Let me explain to you why it is. God created you with the gender and ethnicity that you have. Acts 17, 27. That they would seek God. Come on, man. 
Let me start at 26. Let me go back and just run this hole together. Just run it Acts 17, 26. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God. If perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. She says, oh, God created my gender and my ethnicity to be a gift for me. No, wrong. He created you that way to bring glory to him. Absolutely. Not glory to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, so the reason I want to title this episode, Verge, Identity Crisis, and Colossians 3 came to mind, is because, again, as I said earlier, there's an identity crisis in the church, but the crisis is identity. That's all you hear in this sort of woke age of evangelicalism in America. Identity, affirmation, mm-hmm. community, you know, belonging, all that kind of stuff. As if the Son of God died so you guys could all get together and sing Kumbaya. Right. We have so reduced Christ in his lordship, mm-hmm. in his in his role in the Godhead, as God, we have so reduced him, we have so stripped him of his deity that he's he's nothing more than sort of a divine social worker. Right. You know, his death his death is not about atonement. And, and 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 making a way for us to be right with God. His death, if it factors in at all, the cross, if it factors in at all, is essentially, I, I won't call it nothing. I don't think we're there yet, but we're headed there because it's as if Christianity is just a way for us to commune with one another as if we're in some sort of, ecclesiastical club right let's th- let's get together and talk about oh let's get together and talk about oh you know your ethnicity your experience as an ethnic minority you know your experience with uh intersectionality and 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 uh let's talk about uh uh you know revoice is one of these things as well so let's just get everybody under this big tent and let's just love on one another. Let's just come together, and and they will they will swear they're coming together in the name of Christ. Right, right. Christ is just there to help each one of us become a better version of this of the sinful self that we already love. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what's happening. Right. So, in in thinking about this theme of identity crisis, I felt compelled to go to Colossians three mm-hmm. because, as I said earlier. The cross is where you you don't come to the cross to find yourself. You come to the cross to die to yourself. Christianity is a religion of death. It is a religion of paradoxes. You die to live. You yeah. give to gain. Okay? You, uh, you look at others as more important as yourself. You reduce yourself in your own eyes. You don't exalt yourself. So I'm looking at Colossians 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. 
reading from the NESB for new listeners. Um, I prefer that. I study from that translation. I teach from that translation. Elect standard version, please. Uh, yeah, and I prefer the, the non-Armenian standard version. <laughs> by the, way. the non-Armenian standard Bible. Right, right, right. Elect, elect standard. You guys prefer the elect standard version. Right, all right. <laughs> Paul writes this in Colossians 3. He says, therefore, if or since you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above not on the things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Mm-hmm. A couple things I want to point out here, Verge. Paul says here in Colossians three, verse one, that we are to keep seeking the things above. Now, when I think of Paul's words in the context of this woke article that we're reading, from and talking from in this episode of the Just Thinking broadcast, Paul is making one heck of an assumption there. When he says, keep seeking the things above, he's presuming that we're seeking the things above to begin with. Yeah, he is. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is what a professing believer in Christ is supposed to be doing. Yeah. Seeking, he says, keep seeking that is a present active continual mm-hmm. verb phrase mm-hmm. it is ongoing every waking moment every breath you take every blink of your eye you are seeking the things above so when someone is so fixated on creating their own paradigm of christianity that centers around themselves mm-hmm. himself or herself a a paradigm of Christianity that centers on himself or herself so that this whole first paragraph, and see, we don't even need to read any further. For for the sake of our listeners, we will have a link to this article in the episode notes uh, when this episode is released. But this entire first paragraph, let alone the entire article, is all about her. Yeah. And what Christianity can do for her. Yeah. And, and and the basically, I mean, you you've hit on the cornerstone piece of the article. All they're going to do in this article is give you facets and versions of the issue of of self. Right? They're they're, they're going to deal with what it means to deal with identity whether it's a, a quote-unquote black evangelical dealing with white evangelicalism, whether it's a black person dealing with quote-unquote conservatism, whether it's a black person dealing with politics, whether it's a black, it, it, all with the whole, the, the entirety of the article at some level is going to deal with people on the basis of their, of intersectionality their victimhood status Mm -hmm. and how they're dealing with the world around them based upon the issue of identity. The first paragraph tells you how the rest of the article is going to unfold. Mm -hmm. And and all it's going to do is jump around a bunch of issues based upon intersectionality. That's all it's going to do. So you've got the nutshell of the article from the first paragraph 
though, though it'll, it, it'll use all kinds of different issues around it. I mean, it, you know, it, it's all the typical things that you've come to expect. All of them are issues we've dealt with and addressed in other, in, mm-hmm. in, you know, in other episodes. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it falls back, uh, Brother Darrell, on everything that you're talking about right here. It's an issue. Yeah. And, and I like the, the you, you use that word victimhood, victimhood, Verge. Um, I like that you use that because folks who are going to read the article, what they're going to find is that this woman is basically, I'm just going to put it out there. She's pretty much whining about the fact and trying to make the case that because Donald Trump is president, mm-hmm. she feels quote unquote homeless mm-hmm. in the church now because of the level of support from evangelicals. And when we say evangelicals, let's go ahead and go ahead and say it like it is. What we mean is white people, white evangelicals. She just feels homeless within the church now because of the level of support that President Trump received from white evangelicals and that she just feels like she doesn't belong. She doesn't have a place of belonging anymore. And this is why I refer to the text in Colossians 3, because Christians, I would have to, I would like to ask this young lady, I don't know her age, but I would like to ask her, you know, what is your paradigm of church? Mm-hmm. Number one, how do you define that? We, 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 you know, we, we've got so many monikers and labels flying around and evangelical is probably one of the most overused ones mm-hmm. that we're hearing today. But, you know, the word evangelical does not appear in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the Greek word for gospel is evangelic, evangelion. I understand that. And that one who uh, preaches and promotes the gospel is an evangelical in that context. I understand that. Right. But up against the question that I'm asking, what is your paradigm of church? Is your church a denomination? Is your church a community of uh, that's built upon various ethnic ratios? Or is your church Jesus Christ? Because it's his church. It's his church. It's not your church. Mm-hmm. It's not President Trump's church. So for someone to say, for a Christian to sound so insecure and unstable in their faith to blame a politician, whether it's the president or someone else, that they feel like they have no place now in in the evangelical church, that's ridiculous. Right. Are you seeking the things above or not? Right. It's a fairly simple question. And if and if the church that they're a part of is finding its its sense of security in who's in office, their their ecclesiology is warped to begin with. Their ecclesiology is warped and their theology is warped as well. I don't understand why this when you get when you when you when you take into account what Paul says in Romans 13, that God is sovereign over every government body on this planet. Every person in leadership on this planet, God is sovereign in placing that person in that position. So why was why did this article even need to be written? Her her victim esque diatribe in this article is totally antithetical to what Paul is teaching in Romans thirteen. Now you either believe God is sovereign over the happenings in his creation, or you don't. Daryl, I want to I go back to something that you asked many episodes ago 
when 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 you were when you were leveraging just the just asking proper questions and 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 you just asked the you asked this question did were the same feelings in place when when Barack Obama was in office come on man come on when when you had someone who was advocating policies that were antithetical to a biblical worldview on the issue of same-sex marriage on the issue of of abortion when when you had someone who who purposed to do things that were contrary to scripture did did we identify those things and because in this article in particular i mean there's a number of things that are that are talked about and drudged up as as you know they 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 quoted uh, uh, Trump and what he said about about Mexicans and about other people, people of other racial groups and you know other ethnicities uh, and and the like, and said here here here's the issue, here's what he said, here's what he did, and this is what's made me uncomfortable. Uh, I wonder if the, if this individual who who who's written this this article, if, if Miss is uh, Toyama Seto, was as vocal at the same time when Obama was saying things contrary to the scripture that she claims to hold so dear? Man, now that's a rhetorical question, right, Virg? Absolutely. I mean, we, we already know the answer to that question. Absolutely. We already know the answer. For eight years, people like her were absolutely dead silent. And listen, I'm going to say this, you know, you know why? Because this is my podcast and I can. <laughs> Barack Obama was the most racist person I'd ever witnessed in my life. This guy saw everything through race colored glasses. Yeah. Not rose colored glasses, race colored glasses. Mm -hmm. And where were people like this woman? Nowhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. Nowhere to be found. They were in political nirvana. They had a brown skin man in the white house. And that was enough for them. They care nothing about this man's worldview or his beliefs. They care nothing at all. Oh, yeah, same-sex marriage? Fine. We got a black man in the White House. Mm-hmm. We've made history. And I, I debated, listen, over the uh, Obama years, and I followed Obama since 2004, I didn't just come to know who this guy was when he was elected president. I've been following him four years before that. But all that mattered to them was his melanin, his right. his his hue, his the hue of the color of his skin is all that mattered to him. They cared nothing. And when I say they, as much heat as white evangelicals take for supporting President Trump, Barack Obama got upwards of 94% of the black evangelical vote twice. This is a man. Now, these are black evangelicals. These are not black atheists. Mm-hmm. These are black professing Christians who twice voted for a man in the mid 90 percentile. A man who promoted the um, overtly and egregiously promoted unbiblical stances such as same sex marriage. Abortion, even to partial birth. Okay, and then that robbery that was Obamacare. That's nothing but thievery through the Supreme Court. This is what this man advocated. But where were the protestations then? On the other side of the ethnic uh, uh, perspective. 
Where were the protestations from black evangelicals then? I didn't hear a whimper mm -hmm. from anyone. Now, all of a sudden, Trump is going to bring down the church. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's been in office. He hadn't even been in office two years. Right. Now he's going to cause the collapse of the evangelical church. Now, somewhere, I heard somewhere, a little birdie told me that Jesus said something along the lines of, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Now, I heard that somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now, unless I'm misinterpreting that, that kind of means that nothing will come against the church that will be more powerful than Christ himself, right. whose church it is. Mm -hmm. Who is building the church, not us. He is building his church. Or for somebody to do, to, to, exclaim that well I, well I just don't I just don't know what to do I don't know where to go because Trump is president now and I'm about to... <laughs> it's insane it's ridiculous yes it's ridiculous so what 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 people who think like that what they've re they've reduced the church they just have a misplaced understanding of what the church is what its purpose and mission is, and then who gives it that mission and purpose. Amen. Come on. The church is not a building. It is not a denomination. It is not a congregation. It is not a ratio of a, people of various uh, shades of melanin sitting mm -hmm. under the same roof. I don't even know. I have no idea what Trump's religious persuasion is and i really don't care irrelevant i really don't that's totally irrelevant the church belongs to christ it is his church and until and unless we understand the church was in that context you're going to get you're going to continue to get people like miss toyama zeto who's Walking around with no ecclesial home. I guess she what's she gonna do? Just wander the wander the pews until 2020 when the the president presidential election comes around. I don't know what she's gonna do. Who knows? But as Christians, we're to be looking above. We are to, to be seeking the things above. I want to quote a couple more texts there verse from uh the apostle Paul. Both of these are gonna be in Galatians. One of these we're familiar with, but the other one, I don't know that our listeners are, 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 are all that familiar with. I want to start with Galatians 2.20. This should be the mindset of every Christian, every professing believer. This should be their mindset. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. That's, a, that's another way of Paul saying what we already read in Colossians 3. He said, for you have died. Yes. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So it's like Paul is sort of recapitulating here. In Galatians, what he said, what he says in Colossians, mm -hmm. he says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is now it is no longer I who live. Right. It is no longer I. Who live, but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, not by identity, not by ethnicity, not by gender. I live by faith in the son of God, not faith in myself. Mm -hmm. And who I am, who I've discovered myself to be. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself 
for me. Still in Galatians, I'm going to flip over to chapter 6 and verse 14. This verse, Virg, I actually have this verse written on a on the whiteboard in my office at work. Oh, that's great. Uh, I can just look to my right, and there it is as a reminder. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Paul writes this. He says, but may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Amen. There he is again saying, you have died to yourself. You're dead. Whatever, I don't know, superficial aesthetic adjectives you want to use, mm-hmm. hyphenations you want to use, if you're a Christian, you're dead to that. Yes. Christ is your life now. You have a new identity now. Man. All that matters is that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You live for Christ now, not for yourself. Not to mention again that none of these attributes that you're boasting in, you had anything to do with that. Nothing. Nothing to do with. Nothing. Paul says, may it never be that I would boast. The one exception, the only exception, is that he boasts in Christ. He boasts in the cross of Christ through which the world... Now, listen to these words and picture yourself, Verge. Picture the world being nailed, you being nailed to the cross. That's, this is the picture Paul's given us. Yes. May it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been nailed to me and I have been nailed to the world. I have been, I have been nailed to the cross. The world has been nailed to a cross and I have been nailed. I have died to myself. I boast only in Christ and there's no hyphenation. Jesus Christ is not hyphenated. Okay. Are we seeking the things above? Or are we seeking the things of the world, including our own identity and trying to straddle that fence? Well, yeah, I'm identified with Christ, but I'm identifying with myself. No, you, you can't have both. Christianity is not who you identify as. No, it's who you identify with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, Daryl, I want to, I want to, I want to give one more, one more thought process to this man, and, and I, I know we're we're beginning to kind of wait on time, I, because I, I think, first of all, I think everything you've said really summarizes our our biblical response to this issue, and 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 I, I don't know that that there's anything that that I would even add to that. I, I think that's the anchor. Everything that you said, from the standpoint of we die to self. Uh, we're no, it's no longer I that live. Everything that everything that is that, that there is to say about the Christian faith, it, it's it's the opposite. We 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 die to self in order to live. We 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 give in order to receive. We, mm-hmm. we every every aspect of of our lives is sacrificial. Uh, it, it's for the purpose. Those who want to be greatest in the kingdom become the least of the servant. You know all of those things. Mm-hmm. 
that are aspects of, of Christian faith. But I, I'm looking at this, and as I think about 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 Miss 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 Nikki Toyama uh, said that yeah. I'm I'm th- I, my thought is this this her her attempt rather than more than anything this this is just a virtue signal yeah this is yeah. this is this is a big yeah. this is a, this is a big bat signal right yeah yep. Be, because even even the article she's she's an asian american right yep. uh, as hyphenated americanism goes right yep. mm-hmm. she's a, she's an asian american and and the article on the front of it a kind of homelessness evangelicals of color in the trump era right this this article is it's got all black folks on it you know i know that photo is all black people yeah and 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 if you saw it i mean it, now if i don't know if she attends this church that she's that she's you know where the picture is but you you know you might pause if you're if you're a black person and might want to stop and read only to be surprised that the person whose primary who's primarily written about in the article, of course, until you get to the end of the article. And then we've got some familiar names that you and I are familiar with and mm-hmm. maybe a handful of others um, are, are familiar with as well. But you'd be surprised to think that the article is actually written from a person who, who actually has an, you know, an Asian background. Right. Because, of, because of the imagery there. And it's yeah. just, it's just interesting to me that, that there, there's, there's, and you, you talked about this last time, <laughs> That there's almost a salvific application to simply the virtue signal in and of right. itself. Right. So, so really, what what she, she what she may be trying to accomplish here is to apply maybe some some salvific, you know, uh, a dab, if you will, onto her own life by waving this flag of saying, "Hey, I identify." as a as an as a victim of a victim class with other victims in this you know in this intersectionality uh of you know uh, uh, idea that we're all a part of under this this evil man by the name of trump you know a amen amen you know yeah. that that <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean that may be the, that may be the the whole basis of of everything that's that's being written here uh because there's there's no I mean, as you read, there, there's no answer. There's no solution. Nope, there's nope. no, it's there's, there's complaint. It's just complaint. There's, there's, there's nothing. All this is, is that we all feel the pain. We're all victims now. We're all in this together. And then again, of course, at the very end, you know, we've got this, you know, hey, there's someone else that identifies who, you know, and this, that, and the other. And it, and, it, and the article kind of ends. I mean, it's just kind of it. Yeah. It, but it's like you said, man. It's it's signaling. <laughs> it's 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 like to the bat cave, you know. It's like right. you know to 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 the bat cave. Let's get the get the bat signal up there. Get the virtue signal up there, mm-hmm. and and that's this is twelve pages of virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. It's just twelve pages of complaining about who's pregnant, president, president. <laughs> it's, it's it's twelve pages of complaining about who's president. That's essentially what this is. That's all this is. And, and, and she's now sort of applying her angst over having uh, someone who she obviously is not a supporter of in the white house. She's sort of uh, uh, applying that angst to her own personal siloed experience within the church, you know, but I'm sorry, the church is not there to satiate your political dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. 
The church is not a political body. It is not a political entity, though there are those today trying to sort of invert that sort of visage of what the church of the purpose, purpose of the church is. But that's not the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is to preach the gospel of forgiveness of sins. That was the first sermon Jesus gave when he came out of the wilderness from being tempted by the devil. The first sermon out of his mouth was repent and believe in the gospel. That was it. That's still the mission of the church today. To preach the gospel of repentance from sin. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's what that's what we that's the charge we've been given. We've got to remember that we can't be swayed by what we're seeing uh, in the culture, the draws that, that are there for us to be, uh, you know, drawn into this emotionalized idea uh, of intersectionality that causes us to be beholden to, to victimhood status. Man, any any last thoughts, man, as we wind up just another another episode, man, episode number 40. One man, just a, just another another highlight, man. Another highlight reel, man. Though though we have to deal with it again, we got to deal with it, man. We got to we got to deal with it. We got to deal with it again, man. I mean, you know, I guess that's that's why we're here, man. Just call us rerun because this, this stuff this stuff never ends. And again, I just want to remind folks and Virg, we need to start thinking ahead to Omaha about what do we want to do, Lord willing, if He gives He graces us with life and health to be able to do this. We might need to be thinking ahead, man, to episode 50 because we're getting close to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, by, by God's grace, we'll, on our 50th episode, man, we might need to think about a, a special topic uh, for that episode. But again, I would just want to remind folks to close out this episode. is that If you profess to be a Christian, again, you don't come to the cross to find yourself. Mm. You come to the cross of Jesus Christ to die to yourself. Amen. If you want to find yourself, then Christianity is not the religion for you. That's good. It's not. That's good. It's not. Good. That's good. Well, you've been listening to the, another edition of the Just Thinking Broadcast. Check in with us next week, and we'll see you then. God bless. 